What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Making these hits. So the AFC South, uh, which is Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans. Um, I'm quite sure we're going to agree with the number one here, too. Uh, I have the winner of this division being the Jacksonville Jaguars. <clears throat> Do you disagree? No. Nope. <laughs> We're talking about another year of development from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, there was a big jump for him uh, the second half of last season. I think he's on his way to being considered one of the best top, uh, being one of the top five quarterbacks in this league. Uh, I think this season is going to be a special one for him. Um, man, even when, and, and the team is already, I mean, the team's a pretty young team. We're talking about somebody who, uh, in the Jacksonville Jaguars for years were picking in the top five, you know, and, and, uh, just acquiring talent, uh, through the draft, honestly, uh, and ending up with guys like Josh Allen and, um, Trayvon Walker now. Um, mm-hmm. and of course, Trevor Lawrence came out of that. Travis Etienne was, you know, uh, a pick. Um, so when I look at their additions, their key additions and their losses, to me, when I look through the list, their losses was Jawan Taylor, who was a big one at right tackle. Um, but then the other two were Shaquille Griffin, who landed in Houston, and Marvin Jones Jr., who is replaceable at this right. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their key additions was Calvin Ridley, who we know is coming off of a suspension. On ball, ball um, out. And then uh, kicker Brandon McManus, just because uh, kickers are important these days. <laughs> <laughs> so when I look at it, I say, man, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, another season under his belt. I think he takes another jump. Like I said, I think he's a top five. We're talking about him as a top five quarterback at the end of this season. I think Calvin really comes out and has an amazing season. I, I got a lot of eggs in the in the Calvin really basket. <laughs> you no know, lie. I know. <laughs> I, I, oh, that, I know. I think uh, Christian Kirk gets to go back to comfortably being a number two. Uh, I think Calvin really is uh, easily going to I, – I, not easily, but I think I think he has a great year this year. Uh, Evan Ingram, who proved uh, at tight end that he still had some in the tank last year. I'm expecting yeah. another decent year from here. And Travis Etienne has showed us that he can do it both. He can run that football and he can do a lot out of the backfield. I think Trevor Lawrence has uh, a lot of weapons. Uh, and a good coach for once. So I think uh, I think they run away with this division uh, because it may be the worst division in football, but also because they're a good team. Yeah. So I agree with most of what you said about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just I'm just as not as high as Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah. I'm one of the guys who still haven't seen the jump. Uh, that everyone is keep referring to. Uh, a lot of people think that this is Jacksonville's year, however. Um, I, I just don't see it yet. I think a lot of people see him and, and reminisce of what he's done and accomplished in college. And yeah. when he finally put something together on the NFL side, to me, the reporters boil out of proportion. I saw something last year, I'll never forget. It was like he has scored uh, through two touchdowns in the last six games or something. Uh, I mean, that's pretty common for any NFL quarterback to do these days. Not any. Let's not to say contribute, any. To, <laughs> contribute two, to contribute two touchdowns a week. If if Derek Carr goes out here and, and scores two touchdowns, whether it's 
throwing, running one, throwing one, whatever, you, you're going to go, yeah, that's Derek Carr. I mean, and I hate to throw up the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allens, Aaron Rodgers, um, uh, Joe Barrows of the world, but I mean, to me, it's just the average. It's new school football. That's that's a given. I mean, these guys are playing 17 games and they're putting up oh, these quarterbacks are putting up over 50 touchdowns. I mean, uh, uh, a handful of quarterbacks are putting up 50. Once again, this isn't you. You're taking what we know to be the best in the league and saying, yeah, that's expected of well, them, and well, being well, like. Well, and well, then applying it to so well, why even Trevor Lawrence doing it? Well, no, well, that's that, what I said Derek Carr. I said Derek Carr. I can throw in Dak Prescotts. I can throw in Lamar Jacksons. If any of those guys go out there and score forty plus touchdowns, I'm not like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. I expect those guys to do that. But Here once again, how? But once again, how many guys is that? Right? Like you say, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott. Lamar Jackson, when it comes to passing touchdowns, if they go out there and get 40, then that doesn't shock you. But yeah, that's what that they're at the end of that line of where it doesn't shock you anymore, right? The, well, I think it's safe to say there's at least 10 guys in the lead at the quarterback position to where if they do that, it's not shocking. Exactly, but the 32 quarterbacks is but my I, point. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying at least 10. There's yeah, and I'm 10, saying so. there's 32 quarterbacks. I'm telling you there's 10. I'll say maximum 12 guys that won't shock you if they go out there and throw for 40 touchdowns. Hey, but you had 12. That's almost half. That's almost but it's not half. That's, that, that, that's my point. So you're talking about more than half of the league isn't expected to do that or isn't considered being able to do that. So if you tell me that Tre- Trevor Lawrence is in that, in that category of the 12, then yeah, yeah that's something to and be he, raved about. And I think he's more closer to the 12 than the top five in the whole league. I'm saying I think, I'm, I'm more there. It, and right now, I agree with you. I'm saying by season's end, I think he's going to be considered the top five to seven quarterback. I think yeah, he's, I, we're I, going to be talking about him like Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. Yeah, I think he's in a situation where you look around, the division is, is kind of on the backside, um, and they are the new kids on the block. You know, you just talk about all this youth that they have. Ingram finally has found himself and rewarded him with a with a great contract. You land uh, Ridley, who had a whole year off from football, still young. Everyone still see him as a number one. A lot of people sleep on the year that Christian Kirk had last year, which was yeah. true number one receiver numbers. Yep. And I'm one, I'm one of those guys, man. Like if we as a team, if we do it by committee, by committee, I don't need that guy. I always reference what Kansas City was able to do on a down year, losing a guy like Tyreek Hill. How did they pan out? They won the Super Bowl. Well, how did they win the Super Bowl? Because they had they had Travis Kelsey. They had all the time. They're like, but dude, he's not a receiver. But his numbers are better than most team number one receiver yeah. numbers. Number so yeah, I can care less about positions. I can care less about who does what. Long as collectively we can put together game plans and execute to score points and win games, that's what we're here for, right? And I think Jacksonville. It's my, it's my it's fun. A, like usually the, the one guy is, is needed. There's a reason why you need that one guy. Yeah, absolutely. But what I'm saying is I, I think it's becoming more of a trend. Teams are staying away from saying one guy versus we have multiple guys, because even nowadays, a team can have a number one receiver. That's not going to stop them from going draft this other number one receiver. Oh, if he's gonna, you know what I'm saying? But back then, you really didn't see two 
great receivers on the team at a time. Nowadays, you can make cases where teams have three number one guys that can be number one receivers. But I think places. that, but I think that speaks of just better talent in general on these teams. I don't think it's the fact. Once again, if if there was, I mean, <clears throat> at the time where people really only had one great receiver, that's because they could only there were there were only thirty two great receivers out there or less, honestly. So I think I think times have changed talent wise to where you're looking at a league where we're looking at thirty two yeah. teams. We're probably looking at at least forty guys who we could say truly are number one wide receivers in the league. Yeah. And that's probably, yeah. yeah. But that number is steady growing. It's steady growing. Yeah, exactly. But I think I think another reason uh, you spoke of talent. I think also because it's a it's an offensive league now. Yeah. Like the, the rules, yeah. it favors the offense. That's what people are paying money for us to be entertained by, you know, what these guys can do, the shows that they can put on. Uh, but getting back to the AFC South, yeah, I definitely have Jacksonville uh, winning this division. Okay, who you got coming in uh, second? Second, I would have to go with the uh, Tennessee Titans. Um, I believe that they have more structure. Uh, they have a, uh, that's the only team that I look at besides the Jacksonville Jaguars in this division, and I say, oh, yeah, I know what they what their offensive game plan is going to to, to look mm-hmm. like. Uh, so I have some kind of um, some kind of uh, forsake in, in that offense, knowing that Derrick Henry will be the cowbell. He'll be the the, the leading uh, horse out yeah. of the backfield. He will be amongst the lead rushers if 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 he can stay healthy. Um, their offensive woes will probably come from the outside. Has Burks developed to the way that they want him to be? Can they find another number two to go along with him? What will we get from the tight end position? What would our offensive line look like? But that's also the same areas of concern that every other team in this division has besides the Tennessee Titans, uh, besides the Jacksonville Jaguars. So because of that, I gave them the edge at number two. It was hard for me. I actually went back and forth about this. I did go with Tennessee, though. I went with Tennessee because the one thing we know for a fact that's going to show up every week is their defense. They're going to go out there and they're going to play good defense no matter what. And when you have uh, Derrick Henry, he's going to go out there and get his 100 yards and uh, and keep time of possession in their favor. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's a big help. Plus, DeAndre Hopkins, there's no reason for me to feel like there's a fall off. We saw where he was even in half of, uh, even missing six games last year, we saw what he was able to come back and do. Um, and once again, Brian Tannehill is one of those guys that's as good as what's around him when he had A.J. Brown and what was the other receiver he had with A.J. Brown? Who was on the other side of them? It was A.J. Brown and... It was A.J. Brown, I think. I don't remember another guy coming. Oh, there was on. another guy because me and you had a debate about him early on in their career, and you you were telling me that AJ Brown was the better guy, but it was another dude. You don't remember that? That's no, crazy. D- we used to go back and forth about him and DK Metcalf because they went to school together. But oh, I don't oh, think it was somebody, another guy in Tennessee at the time. There was another guy in Tennessee. I'm I'm gonna have to look it up, but uh, yeah, when when there's uh, once again Ryan Tannehill is. Talent around him. Um, he's not making nobody better. <laughs> but if you have, you know, good talent around him, then he's going to thrive in that. So I think him and DeAndre Hopkins will be a good pairing. Uh, I think that they will. I think DeAndre Hopkins has uh, 90 to 100 year catches and is going to be successful. And I think that's going to lead to 
two to three more wins than if he wasn't there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you say, we're going to see if Burks develops, if he develops into looking like a better wide receiver, then, you know, that might that th- might throw them into the conversation of actually winning this division, but it's something that we have to see. Um, so knowing what I know right now, yeah, I got Tennessee as number two in this division that I don't have them making the playoffs just because of how deep the AFC is. Uh, this year. Uh, number three, which once again, which was my toss up, is actually the Houston Texans, man. This is another team uh, for me. Uh, I think Houston would be number one. Atlanta would be number two with me liking how their off seasons went. Um, the hiring of D'Amico Ryan lets me know, hey, this is going to be a defensive-minded team, Absolutely. defense first. If nothing else, we're going to go out there and we're going to defend. Um, <clears throat> they drafted C.J. Stroud. They traded uh, they traded future assets in order to also draft Will Anderson, who is considered the best pass rusher in this draft. Um, you bring in a lot of uh, a lot of veteran presence around that. You bring in Don Charles at tight end. You bring in Robert Woods at wide receiver. You bring in Shaq Mason at guard. You bring in uh, Denzel Perriman. You bring in uh, Shaquille Griffin. We talked about him earlier leaving Jacksonville. You bring in um, I said Case Keenum already, Jimmy Ward, Devin Singletary. You surround this young talent with guys uh, who are veterans, but outside of Robert Woods, I don't think any of these guys are really, you know, too far past, you know, good football. Um, So I think this is a team that can surprise a lot of people in year one, but of course it's going to really come down to what does C.J. Stroud look like in his first year of quarterback? And if he can be average, then I think that we're looking at, uh, seven, eight win team, honestly. Yep. He can be above average, then we're talking about something completely different. Like uh, the thing that worries me about them is their wide receiver room. You're talking about Robert Woods. Um, Nico Collins will be most likely the number one receiver week one, but you got John Mitchell the third uh, mm-hmm. being able to overcome his uh, leukemia scare of last year. Or was it leukemia? It was a form of, I don't think it was, it was a form of cancer, though, that, you know, caused him to miss his rookie year. He's coming back this year. It's showing that, um, they're saying that he's looking as good as he was looking in Alabama. Um, So you're betting on guys who haven't, once again, Robert Woods, I'm, (laughs) (laughs) but if John Mechie III could come through and be a number one wide receiver or be a number two even to Nico Collins, then maybe it looks a little different, but um, once again, I think I think they have a better season than people give them credit for. I think people are saying four or five games for them. I think they win more than that, uh, yeah. especially in what we see as a weak division in general. Um, I think they can win more than that. Um, but yeah, I got them at number three. So, um, like you, I have them at number three. Uh, very close to putting them two, but I just think it's going to take that full year of adjusting as a coach. Uh, putting in that pedigree of what the defense can be uh, with this team. Uh, I will have higher expectations for them next year, uh, but I do think that they're going to play teams a lot tougher, and I don't think they're going to struggle to move the ball as much as people think that they will. Uh, this yeah. team kind of puts me in the mindset of the, the Detroit Lions uh, two years ago, the, the facelift yeah. that they kind of started the process with and, and was going through uh, to, to be able to defend themselves better in games and hold up a little longer 
make some pushes and win some games. And they were right on the hunt for, for their first playoff uh, appearance in quite some time last year. And I think this is the story that we're going to see uh, from the Texans uh, starting this year, moving well, on yeah. to next year and whatnot. Um, and I also have them number three, not simply simply because of what all that they've done this offseason, but it was what the Colts did not do this offseason. The Colts was a team that was kind of like an open door to me uh, last year. Looking at their record, obviously moving on from Matt Ryan, uh, possibly you know changing up some things in the coaching staff, all these good things that they had surrounding them with the salary caps and things of that nature, they went in the complete opposite direction as I thought they would. I thought that they would be out with the old and with the new. They said, no, we like what we have. We're resigning everybody. Like We're bringing folks back. We're going to extend guys. Yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. The only thing that they did change was their quarterback. For a guy that's not necessarily a great pass of the football, he's more athletic, more Lamar Jackson than whatever whatever other quarterback you want to throw out there at this point. Yeah, um, yeah uh, whoever, right? Just so, field, um, yeah. and we know that he's really not ready to play. He didn't play a lot in 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 college, let alone being ready to make this leap to the NFL. So he's still going to be wet behind the ears, still struggle, still get confused, and and um. And, and coverages or whatnot, he's going to have a lot to learn. They're going to be expecting on him to, to uh, read defenses, make the adjustments. Of course, the offense is going to be kind of simplified for him, but that's only going to play into the defense, the defensive hand. So uh, I have the Colts finishing fourth. Um, they could have went a lot of a lot of different directions, man. Why they chose to go in this direction? Uh, I don't know. They know more about about football than what I do. Uh, that's the only thing that I always hold on to when I don't understand something about the NFL. And of course, now we have all these all the news surrounding Jonathan Taylor, the most for sure thing on your whole roster. Um, they gave him permission to seek a trade once again. When when this running back not running backs not getting paid, kind of first uh, speculated. This was the guy who I said I don't see this guy signing. I see them saying go find that trade right because i'm looking at what the haul that san francisco gave up for christian mccaffrey and i'm saying look if there's not a true number for running backs to get paid i don't want to be the first team to to give out a contract not because you don't deserve it but because we don't know what your market is anymore so if i can get anything close to what san francisco gave up for christian mccaffrey i'm going to open it with open doors because we don't have any any I don't want to say standards. We don't really have any um, any uh, promise on this team this year. Nobody's looking at the Colts saying they have to win. They have to win this year. So because of that, if we can get trades for for Jonathan Taylor, I'm I'm open for that. If I'm the Colts, so I'm gonna come back to that. But let me play devil's advocate on why, to me, the Colts can easily still be. To finish number two in the division. I got them number four just like with, you do, but I'm going to play with, devil's advocate. With or without Jonathan Taylor? Without. Even without Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to tell you how. <clears throat> so Anthony Richardson. All, all, all ears. Anthony Richardson was drafted because he is exactly what you told him he is. What you said he is. He's this athletic specimen. Unlike anything we've ever seen, honestly, before, body conference like Cam Newton, but has the speed of a Lamar Jackson. Um, like you say, didn't play much in college. Cool. What did uh, the coach do to this offseason? They went out. They got the offensive coordinator from Philadelphia. He looked at Anthony Richard and said, oh, what, what the offense I was able to run with Jalen Hurts, even before we got him, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, 
I can duplicate that with Anthony Richardson in a week AFC South, and then I can develop him from there. Okay, cool. You're talking about the guys that they re-signed and, and uh, instead of uh, re-signed or, you know, stuck with going, you know, into this season, I can argue that where the Colts are really strong at, they're really strong at. Their offensive and defensive line, those are strengths for them. They have really good offensive and defensive lines. They have good linebackers. It's the <clears throat> it's quarterback has been a big question mark for them, of course, last year with Matt Ryan. The year before that was what, Phillip Rivers? Uh, mm-hmm. Quarterback has been the biggest position. Like you say, Jonathan Taylor has been the most for sure thing for them by far. And then wide receivers, you got Michael Pittman, who's been coming along, but he's not Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. He's a good receiver, and hopefully he takes another step this year, but he's not that. And then after him is what do we have, you know? Um, but once again, where they're strong at, they're strong at. So, okay, offensive line, defensive line. They're going to be okay defensively. Offensive line, if nothing else, I mean, offensively, if nothing else, they're going to be able to run the football. Running back, let's say it's not Jonathan Taylor. Say Jonathan Taylor actually does get traded. Uh, once again, I'll touch on that at the end of this. But let's say he gets traded, they bring Kareem Hunt in. Kareem Hunt is the running back. They end up signing him. Okay. <clears throat> Can Kareem Hunt behind this offensive line go get 1,000 yards? I think so. Um and then what are we going to get from Anthony Richardson? I'd be shocked if we end this season and Anthony Richardson doesn't at least have 500 yards rushing. But we're talking about a team who wants to get at least. Yeah, they're, they're going to. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying at least, at least he's going to have five. Even if, he, if Kareem Hunt is their running back and he gives you 1,000 and Anthony Richardson gives you 500 at minimum, you know, that oh, time of possession is well within their hands. And once again, I expect them to be able to play good defense. Um, the youth that they brought in outside of Anthony uh, and Gardner Minshew, I do want to mention Gardner Minshew because I thought that if you're being reasonable, you start Gardner Minshew to start the season. And then, you, you know, you let Anthony Richardson take over if it seems like Gardner Minshew, if there's more that you feel like you could be getting out of Anthony Richardson that you aren't getting from Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback. Uh, is he 100% should be starting on somebody's roster? Maybe not. But when you start to look at in the right situation, what can this guy give you? If you're telling me that that Philly offense is going to be the same Philly offense uh, scheme-wise that was being ran in Philly these past couple of years, then yeah, Garner Minshew is a great fit. He, he probably, for the first four weeks, probably gives you more upside than the Anthony Richardson. So I, I think that's important too. Um, they drafted a wide receiver in Downs. He was one of those, you know, right under those top guys in this draft. We're going to see what he's going to give you. And then they added a cornerback in the draft, too, who was highly thought of. Added Isaiah McKenzie, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Harrison, who has safety, you know, is, is a decent safety. So, I mean, to me, the argument of them still being able to reach second in this division is them being able to run the football successfully, whether Jonathan Taylor is there or not. Easier to do if Jonathan Taylor does end up being there, and them still being solid on defense in a weak division. Yeah. Jonathan uh, Taylor. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead and touch on uh, that before I get to Jonathan Taylor. 
Yeah, I just think a lot has to go right. We already know that uh, Anthony Richardson will be the starting quarterback for the Colts week one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of cancels out any 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 thoughts of him uh, getting a chance to sit and learn. I just think a lot. Would oh, but but once again, I don't think I don't think that they're putting Anthony Richardson in there and saying we just we won't pull you either. I think I think at any point if they decide to go from Anthony Richardson to Gardner Minshew, I, I think that you know once again that gives you a better opportunity with a quarterback who's already been there, done that, and in that system. Yeah, I, I couldn't see them doing that. To me, it would, he would have to play awful, and I'm talking God-awful for them to, to have to pull him. Uh, yeah, because you start, so. yeah, because to me, you're starting him knowing that they're going to be lack of somewhere, somehow. Oh, of so course, yeah. This whole offense is going to be designed for what he can do athletically, and to have to switch it back to Gardner Minshew's style of play and then say, okay, Gardner, you suck too, or you're not playing up to par of what we think. Let's go back to the rookie. Let's switch the offense again back to what we were doing originally. That, that's a well, lot they're not switching the offense. The offense is going to be the same no matter who's the quarterback. It's going to be a, it's a pretty big change of events going from, well, maybe. I mean, Miller. it's a big change of events from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew, but they ran the same offense. Gardner Minshew well, was athletic enough to do what they want him to do within that offense. We've seen it. Well, I also the think the talent is there's a big differential in talent, but in scheme, Barnum Mitchell was able to do the the things you need him to do in that scheme. And that's what I, that's what I was about to say when you when you look at the the switching from Philly to now. I mean, all the talent that was around Gardner Mitchell. Oh, you talking about the talent around him? I thought you were talking about the talent right. of the quarterback. No, no, no. I'm saying uh, you oh, have okay. to make that yeah. dramatic switch because of everything that Philly had in place versus the Colts. I could lean to AJ Brown. I could lean to. Uh, 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 Devontae Smith. Uh, we can lean to our run again. We had Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders had a very underrated year last year. Uh, we already know what, what Philly was going to give you defensively. They can hold on to, to leads and things of that nature, force turnovers, all that good stuff. It's not going to be the same thing now with the coach this season. Um, but this, oh, correct. This year, yeah, but I'm just speaking on Garner Minshew as being a quarterback. So no, once I, again, he's going to be able to. Yeah, you made a comment about Jameis Winston being a serviceable quarterback, and I, I thought to myself, I was like, to me, Jameis Winston literally has the chance of being the best backup quarterback in football. Uh, and I think the same about going to Michigan. I think he has the ch- uh, a chance, the opportunity to be to name himself the best backup quarterback in the NFL right now. I agree with going to Michigan. Yeah, I agree. I think I think. I can't think of anybody who I would 100% be like, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer. Well, once again, schemes matter, too. Like, would I want going to miss you as a backup quarterback in our system? Probably not. But if it's Philly or if it's the Colts or if it's Chicago or, you know, a situation like that, then, yeah, give me going to miss you. Uh, no, I think I'd prefer no, Jameis Winston in our, in our offense. I'd prefer Andy Dalton in our offense. I, there's there's a lot of other backup quarterbacks I think I'd prefer over a Gardner Minshew uh, when it comes to what we're doing in New Orleans. Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke is somebody I'd prefer over Gardner Minshew, probably in any situation. Um, yeah, there's there's other guys out there for sure. Um, but yeah, the Jonathan Taylor thing. <laughs> White people, well, I mean, not white. Owners being stupid is what I want to say. 
Because when this man, <laughs> when this man walked into, when Jonathan Taylor had this meeting with Jim Irsay in his trailer two weeks ago, and Jonathan Taylor put in his trade request, and Jim Irsay came out immediately and said, no, no way we're going to trade him. Knowing that he wasn't comfortable paying him what he wanted to pay him. And then now, two weeks later, two, yeah, I think only two weeks later, maybe three, we're at the point to where, you know what, go out there and seek your trades. You know, let's... He hurt himself value-wise because I'm of the belief that Jonathan Taylor, if any, uh, him and Saquon Barkley, out of the out of the running backs who were demanding money this offseason, those are the two guys who deserve to be paid as Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry. That $14, $15, 16000000 million range. If you're going to give that to a guy who's most deserving of it, it's Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley. Okay, you said you didn't want to pay him that. Cool. Okay, now you want to trade him. Christian McCaffrey went for two second-round picks for last year. Uh, I think they were both. He went for... Yeah, they got a fir- didn't they get a first for Christian McCaffrey as well? I think uh, they got a first. Did they get a first? I think. They got a haul for, for Christian McCaffrey, man. Yeah, I think I think they got a first and they got two twos for Christian McCaffrey. Something like I think. That. Yeah. You're not getting that for Jonathan Taylor. Because you you decided that you were gonna come out with the stance of, nah, we're not gonna pay him. We're not gonna pay him and we're not gonna trade him. Now it's okay, obviously we don't think this situation can be fixed, so now we have to entertain the trades. Okay, well, no, now now we're lowballing you. And I'm not saying lowballing you as to, no, you're not going to get anything for Jonathan Taylor. But the haul that Christian McCaffrey demanded, they're not going to see that. And once again, I think at this point, I think Jonathan Taylor does get traded. I think there are teams who are willing to extend him past this year, pay him good money, but to have him at the cost that he is for this current year, and be able to put him on a team like Miami, on a team like Kansas City, on a team like Buffalo, and to dramatically improve their ring games, I think there are going to be teams who are going to be willing to go out there and get them and give up a good bit for them because it's going to improve their chances of getting to a Super Bowl this year. Um, But I don't think that they're going to be willing to give what he should have commanded before Jim Ursay played the hand that he played. So I absolutely agree with you. Um, from the start, like I said, I was pretty heavy on Jonathan Taylor uh, being in this situation when his running back uh, room before the money dried up uh, because he was the one that was at the top of his craft. You know, he still has youth on his side, and he was the best player on the team. So if, if, you, if, if you're going to take this route with the best youngest player on your team, to me, the writing was kind of like on the wall, like, you know, he's definitely not going to get the value that he thinks he deserves or he may rightfully deserve. The coach just is not willing to pay that. Um, yeah, yep. I still think that they have the right to ask for the same haul that Christian McCaffrey. Oh, they do. They have the right. They can ask for whatever they want. <laughs> like, that don't mean they're going to get it. Yeah, so, exactly. But you, you got to aim for the stars, right? And I do think they yeah, can be for the first round pick. There, yeah, there's going to be I, I two I wouldn't, and I'll tell you why. There's too many teams that's close, too close to a Super Bowl chances, like really, Miami. Uh, 
the Bengals, kind of a, a deep shot, but I can I can kind of see the Bengals being a sneak peek. I think they still want to improve their running back room as well. Um, they just, it's also about once again though, it's also about money before you just you know start a, throwing out teams like that. You got Joe Burrow, that, you know, got to make his money. Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's why I said it's kind of a a dog shot. But if there was a player in the Delvin Cook deal. I have to entertain them as a Jonathan Taylor uh, oh, deal, too. They were a player in the Dalvin Cook deal. I never yeah. heard them tied to Dalvin yeah. Cook. There was no yeah, – and, and if it was, it was very little. Like, it was it was just like yeah, the Jonathan Taylor thing where they're a real dark horse to where if he's going to accept less money, they can get them. That's not – yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. They, they are a true dark horse. You got the Buffalo Bills who still actively – uh, s- searching for uh, a great running back. There's going to be teams out there for a guy that is talented. And if you tell me a first-round pick is the only thing that's standing in the gap of a team that feels like they're right there on the edge of becoming a real Super Bowl contender and a first-round pick, I mean, you, you, I, I can see a team doing that. It's not ideal, I mean, but I can but, see it. I mean, but that's the case every year. Like There are players who become available every year who would put a team into – who will bump the team into, you know, Super Bowl contention that don't get moved for because a first-round pick in the NFL is just a high price to pay. Uh, Especially, like you say all the time, I have to give up a first – we talked about Aaron Rodgers. I have to give up a first-round pick, and I got to pay this dude as one of the best in his position. That's a lot for some teams, especially, like you say, if these teams who are in a Super Bowl window, which usually if you're in that Super Bowl window, that means there are guys who – deserve to be paid who aren't being paid yet that, you know, have to be taken care of. And right. once again, I think for me, the best of that situation right now would be a Miami and would be a Buffalo. Um, once again, Miami right. haven't, they're not fully decided on Tua yet. Um, they, ha- they have a lot of, of their money tied up too, but, you know, once again, you're not paying your quarterback yet and you're not decided on if you even want to pay your quarterback yet. Um, yeah, but, but you also, there's a lot of also all these. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you was you was finishing up. No, you good. Yeah, you good. Oh no, I was gonna say yeah. Those teams are the teams that make sense to me. But you still have a whole lot of other teams that's also right there in that window. If you tell me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is willing to part ways with a first round draft pick um, and something else down the line to to pull off a move for him because they're planning on trading. Uh, um, uh, what's the linebacker name who, who wants out Devin, uh, Devin White or anything of that nature. They're not paying a quarterback, real quarterback money. So they're going to be a little bit more flexible. I'm just saying the possibilities are, are endless. But Oh, yeah. I mean, if he if he's going to a bad team, then all bets are off. Yeah, for sure. I think, well, well no, not, not all bets are off. They're I not still bad disagree. anymore. Actually, I still, uh, yeah, they're still bad. But Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor added to a Tampa Bay team where you just told me their biggest concern is their quarterback. He doesn't change that. He doesn't no, change that. Like Baker Mayfield is supposed to be good or not. I said it was their running back. I said their running back position is with Well, them. no, you told me you don't believe in Baker Mayfield. You don't. don't. <laughs> exactly. Don't. So quarterback is their biggest, quarterback is their biggest concern time then. Time out, because we, we've been on for a while. I'm not trying to go down a rabbit hole. There's a lot, but let me throw this. Let me throw this. To, I, can't <laughs> the I can't even see the time on, on my screen. But I'm going to throw this yeah. to the claim out there moving forward. There's a lot of quarterbacks that I'm not high on, but I still believe in as a team because of everything that's around them. So if you're telling me Baker Mayfield is my starting quarterback, but I believe in my offensive line, 
I now have Jonathan Taylor. I got Mike Evans. Well, um, you don't believe in all. I got Godwin. Yeah. I believe in them good enough. They're decent. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'm saying they're decent. I believe good enough. Uh, but I have Jonathan Taylor to relieve that pressure off of Baker Mayfield. I know we can work off a of play action. I don't have to just three step drop him to to dead or, or out of the gun, and he's looking for reads. I'm just saying now that that gives me more confidence in Baker Mayfield. I definitely believe in my defense. So now I can see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and people outside of who that nation saying Tampa Bay could win that division again. I can see that. When I, yeah, I, I can. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. And, and, and yeah, and that I can. Kind of player. Yeah, I can. If he, if he, once again, if he, if he wasn't making that huge of a difference in Indianapolis, I don't think he's going to do it for a Tampa Bay either. Well, he doesn't like have I say, the talent. He doesn't have the talent around him. He's not but he does in Tampa Bay? Yes. That's the same with Tampa who? Bay. Let's not go that say it. Let's, let's say with it. With who? Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? Because once again, his quarterback, Baker Mayfield as a quarterback, even better than what Phillip Rivers was two years ago. When when Phillip Rivers put up that good year uh, in Indianapolis, that year he had, let's say mm-hmm. the best that Baker Mayfield is going to give you is that year, right? I would think, I, I would think Baker Mayfield. Right, I would think Baker Mayfield with that defense, that run game, and those receivers on the outside, I think he can be uh, decent. I think he won't be in position to lose games as much as without uh, Jonathan Taylor, because that's what really concerns me about Baker Mayfield is he don't have a, a heavy run game. He's going to be forced to spread the wealth. He's going to be forced to mm-hmm. make some reads and make some throws. That's a lot of pressure for a quarterback, especially who's never been in that situation before, who's on a short leash. Tampa Bay don't see him as their future franchise quarterback. So I'm saying that's a lot of pressure for a guy. If if you throw Jonathan Taylor, all-pro running back, in the mix, I think that changes life for a guy like Baker Mayfield. Do I like Baker Mayfield as a second-tier QB, all this and that? No, but it translates it translates to better chances of winning your division. Yeah, and I if if we if it came across our timeline right now that Jonathan Taylor was traded to Tampa Bay, I would we could do this over again, and I'd give you the same thing. That New Orleans Saints is a clear winner in this division. Tampa Bay is probably number two, but it's still a coin toss between them and Atlanta. Yeah, I, I think that kind of changes some things for me, uh, respectively, with Jonathan Taylor. I'm big so, with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I am, I am too. But once again, is running back that important of a position to to one? And even on top of that, once again, we're talking about him going from a great offensive line to one that's average at best. What's going to be the what's going you know switch between that? What's going to be the fall off from just the offensive line that that's you well, know, creating creating opportunities for him? And see, as fans, we do this a lot, man. Like, we pinpoint players that's here, that's not there, uh, additions and subtractions, things of this nature. At some point, you got to look at the coaching staff and say, figure it out, bro. Like, at some point. Like, that's not how this works, really. really. I can do all the coaching in the world to Alante Taylor, but if he can't go out there and guard in the slot, he can't cover in the slot. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Drew Brees, one of the, the, the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Correct. All the games he's missed the last three years of his of his career, we still had a, a very widespread of a winning record. We had Taysom Hill playing the majority of those games. We had Teddy Bridgewater playing the majority yep. of those games. That's not ideal starting quarterbacks for one or two weeks, let alone six or more weeks. 
and Correct. They're finishing, yep. they're finishing well over 500 with their records and starting quarterbacks filling in. That's not because everybody on the Saints team said, let's play better. Everybody in the division said, let's play less uh, competitive as we've been playing. You have to chunk that up to, to coaching, to the coaching staff. You, you, I mean, you can, or you chunk it up to that's a great team. Okay. So Taysom Hill playing quarterback. <laughs> so, Taysom, so, Taysom Hill, no, oh. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because we got so this, on this show. This a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to cut it up for sure. I'm definitely gonna have to cut it up. But once again, you're t- Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is in New York right now, right? We right. saw what New we saw what New York was without Aaron Rodgers last year, going through Mike White, Zach Wilson, and Joe Flacco, right? Aaron Rodgers go down week one, Zach Wilson right back in the fray, right? You expect that you you expect the Jets to win the division? No. Even with even with Zach Wilson, Mm-mm. do you expect do you expect them to finish the season with a winning record? No. I would. I expect them, but why? Zach because Wilson? they have a great team. Yeah, was that Wilson that quarterback? They, I mean, now they have a better team even than what they had last year. But even last year, they flirted with 500 with three quarterbacks who were less than, below average at quarterback. I, I, if you tell me they finished 500, cool, but I couldn't see them finish. Oh, Miami. Miami is the same way. Miami last year, two and went down. <laughs> two and went down, and they still found their way into the playoffs with less than average uh, quarterback play because of how good of a team they had from top to bottom, offense and defense. You're talking about a team who, after two, you know what's the crazy stat? How many touchdowns do you think Tyreek Hill and uh, er, uh, I was about to call him Eric Waddle and Jalen Waddle scored without two at quarterback? How many touchdowns do you think? That- how many games? Did he miss last year first? Was it eight hmm. or? Yeah, I'm going to say somewhere between eight and ten. How many touchdowns they scored without Tua? Mm-hmm. Combined? Yeah. Tua missed. I would say, see. I would probably say half half of their touchdowns. They scored none. They none. didn't score with him as without Tua at, at quarterback. And we're talking about a team. I, I want to see how many games he actually missed. Uh, but, yeah, and we're talking about a team who still ended up going to the playoffs. Once again, that's, that's just having a good or great team. Oh, either they was playing teams that wasn't so good, too. Uh, yeah, he played. Oh, he only missed five games last year? Well. Oh, yeah, that's not a big. Yeah, he went out early in, in what, two games? So. Yeah. That's not going to show but, up here. So let's say it's about uh, seven games. Yeah. So I'm looking at the Jets division, right? And if you tell me that I have to play. Yeah. Huh? I said, yeah, it's the hardest division in football this year. And and you're telling me that I have Zach Wilson as my starting quarterback and I'm playing the Patriots, who we all know are very competitive. Um, mm-hmm. The Dolphins and the Bills. I do not expect the Jets to finish that year with a winning record. Not not in that division with those three teams. Easily, huh? Easily, easily. I think they do it. How? Uh, for one, Davin Cook and Brees Hall. That's that's number one. I mean, <laughs> do you honestly think that they're going to finish? Do you honestly think they're going to finish with a better record than the Dolphins and the Bills? Let's start there. 
With or without Zach Wilson? I mean, with or without Aaron Rodgers? You said without Aaron Rodgers. Oh, do I think they're going to finish with a better record than Buffalo? No. Buffalo wins the division to me right now. What about Miami? Do you think without Aaron Rodgers, do you see the Jets finishing with a better record than the Dolphins? If two is healthy all year, no. Okay. So, presuming that these guys stay healthy or miss borderline one or two games, how can you find it that the Jets finish third, possibly fourth in the division, but still... Because they're so many games. Say it again? Because that's only four of their games. They play Buffalo twice. They play Miami twice. They still got so a whole you, schedule. There. As a team, they're better. They're, they're probably better on paper from top to bottom as a team. So, and it's not going to happen because we know Evan Rodgers won't miss the whole year, right? Yeah, so, hopefully not. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you my take, right? I'm going I'm to tell you, and this is going to put it in perspective for you. With Evan Rodgers playing the whole year, it still wouldn't shock me if the Dolphins and Bills finished with better records than with the Jets finished. And that's with Aaron Rodgers playing the whole year. That's, I, not, I'm not, that's not, my argument is them finishing with a winning record, not a better record than Buffalo or a better record than Miami. Well, my argument is that they finished with a, a, a 500, a, above 500 record. So you, you're counting on them to have success everywhere outside of the division, pretty much, which typically doesn't work how football normally works, but we've seen cases where three teams in the division finish with winning records. Uh, all four teams finished. I have to finish do anyway. Right. Yeah. I, I have mean, I have everything in that division finishing with five hundred or better this year. Yeah. So I guess we'll talk about the next episode since we already yeah. here. But yeah. but yeah, I have them I have every last one of them finishing with a five hundred record or above. And I do too. And I'll tell you I spoke with Herm and I said I've never been a Patriots fan. But I was pushing for them to sign um, Calvin Cook or Hopkins. Both of them. I couldn't think of Hopkins' name. Both of them. Because all of a sudden, now I have faith in that offense. I can see Mac Jones uh, handing the ball off a bunch of times, play action, doing play action a bunch of times, having a receiver he trusts in, in Cook and, uh, and Hopkins to get rid of the ball on his first reads and things of that nature. And you know what you're going to get from the defense. You know, even if they can't get to the quarterback, they're going to have a lot of coverage pressures, a lot of coverage sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but not having those guys, I feel like they're the worst team in that division now. But because they're going to play so competitive, competitively, something that I always speak about is coaching. They're going to be coached uh, with such sound that they're not going to beat themselves. It's going to allow them to, to win some games. And I, I have them finishing 500 as well. Yeah, 100 percent. And that's been my biggest thing about the Patriots in general. They got offensive coordinator. I could care less who it was. <laughs> as long as they got an offensive coordinator who actually coached on the offensive side of the ball for a day in his life. That, and that, that, man, and, that man still ain't that hard of an adjustment, bro. And not, and not Bill Belichick or, or uh, who was it, Matt Patricia. They're like, as long as they had anybody who, who coached what's that for offense in their life, they would want to be better than what they were last year. But not only did they go get offensive coordinator, they went and got a good offensive coordinator. So, yeah, I believe that Mac Jones is going to look better this year. I think that offense is going to look much better this year. So, yeah, I think that whole division finishes 500 or better. Okay, real quick, because we got to wrap this up. I already got to split this into two episodes. Oh, Jonathan Taylor, best landing spot. Ooh. Man, because I want to – I'm going to say his best landing spot is the team we just talked about, which is the Dolphins. Okay. 
do I say I would have to go to I would have to say the Dolphins, right? I would have to. But when I say that's his best landing spot, I'm talking about because he's going to win more there. I think he could be more serviceable in other places. More serviceable in other places, but you think Miami gives him the best opportunity to win? Miami says Super Bowl to me out the AFC. That says Super Bowl if they can land Jonathan Taylor. And I go, I go Buffalo. Uh, and that's my second choice. I think he could be more serviceable think, in Buffalo. Well, I think he wins more, but I think he'll be more okay. important in Buffalo. I think yeah. uh, for one, because you you're able to dial back Josh Allen just a little more a little uh, when yeah. it comes to running. When it comes to running, if you add a Jonathan Taylor, uh, once again you open up way more possibilities with a guy like that in the backfield for Stephon Diggs because now yeah. you got to worry about what's going on in the backfield. So yep, uh, Buffalo would be my number one, but my, Miami would be my number two. So and I can, and I can actually, like I said, I can actually agree with you because I find him more serviceable in Buffalo. He'd be more of a a team player, a true knit, uh, uh, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying, a, a plug and play player, a staple of the offense. What But in in Miami, I find it hard to believe there's a defensive coordinator out there that has what it takes to bend but don't break just enough to contain Jonathan Taylor, but also have enough coverage on the back end to watch out for Tariq Hill and uh, Waddle. That, that's, a, yeah, that's, and, that's hard to get. And, of course, the, another thing with Miami, too, is Tua, you know, <laughs> because if Tua, See, if Tua gets hurt, then that, that all falls irrelevant because now it's Mike White. First of all, I'm pretty big on Mike White, all right? So oh. stop disrespecting All right, time to wrap it up. White. Stop this Not wrap it. Mike White name. That man played way better than Let's wrap it up, guys. Let's, let's go home. And I, and I wouldn't care if you was my starting quarterback if I have Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek Hill, and uh, Jalen Waddle. That sounds good, but again, how many touchdowns did those guys account for without Tua last year? We just don't repeat it back to me. How many? He's the starting zero. quarterback. He's the starting zero. quarterback for he's the starting quarterback for a reason. Of course, yeah, but the, the fall off shouldn't be that. Well, they got Mike White. Even with, even with their talent, you know. They got Mike, they got Mike White now, though. Okay. Well, what, what was the other guy that ended up uh, playing last year? Oh, oh, I wish I could remember his name. I'm going to come with it because we're going to talk about the AFC East uh, and the NFC episode. This is going on way too long. We're going to split this in half. It's going to be two different episodes. Uh, we'll probably do NFC South. Uh, one episode, and then the AFC South will be broken into another episode. Uh, man, this has been obviously <laughs> a great show. We've been sitting here for almost two hours at this point. Um, <laughs> so, uh, preseason, New Orleans Saints takes on Houston this week. Uh, I want to say it's at home. Mm-hmm. Um, what, Friday? I think everybody's playing on the same day this week. It's or not is it going to be a Sunday? Oh, it might be. Sunday. It might be. Um, so when we come back uh, next week, we'll have that to discuss, and then we'll be looking, um, we'll be looking cuts uh, in the face. You know, uh, everybody has to, everybody has to go down from ninety to fifty-three. Uh, a lot of trade talk and trades will probably kick up this week. Actually, going into this last preseason game, but man, we're getting close to the kickoff. We Absolutely. we're what two two, two weeks, weeks away? away. Or, yep. Yeah, man, that's crazy. September eighth. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get back yeah. here this week and, and try to have a very, a very, a much shorter conversation, but just as good. 
I'm in the league, you boys not in my league If you listen close, I'm coaching, say key Cause the boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto If I don't do nothing, I'm a ball, Blanco Every time I do it, do it the coldest 